to you live and moist from ringside at the Chaosium. It's Dynamic Combat Entertainment, where the filthiest hard bods in the universe collide meat on meat in an all-out open face fist for all. I'm Dirk Danger, white-knuckled and knee-deep in the splash zone, waiting for a high-speed baptism of fight spray. At my side is the man performing against his will, Warren the Warhead Raspero. What do you say, Warren? If senseless acts of violence with unclear rules, performative name-calling, and grade school-level costumes is your cup of tea, prepare to have your lap blasted with hot satisfaction. Hot tea is right, Warhead. These caffeines will go toe-to-toe with any foe, no teabag too small. I hope you brought a Danish, because we're going to Dunktown. Population danger. Tonight, we're experiencing a non-stop roundabout of grapples and smackdowns with such beloved fighters as Dr. Maul Practice, The Low Blow, Immovable Todd, Deadlift the Swaltergeist, and a debut match from a new quartet of deadly ring rats facing off against everyone's most feared family and returning four-on-four victors, the Killbillies. I've never felt so close and empowered by your presence, Warhead. I feel like we're riding a wavelength tiger into the eye of the French storm seeking thrills and near kills. And all it took was blackmail, bribery, and contractual obligations. I can feel myself getting dumber by the moment. Let's get this over with. It's time to climb the box and throw some bones. Let's dice it up. The taxi flies out past the ring, toward an object in the distance. You have been to this arena before, when you sought hero rank. Yet now, there is none of the austerity and nobility of the League. In their place are vulgarity and intensity. Blood-red and jet-black drapery hangs from the now spiked walls of the arena. As you come into dock at the familiar back entrance, you find the place swarming with thickly muscled security and stewards, no doubt in their off hours, to pick up some extra quin. You are led through back hallways to a locker room. You are informed that your costumes, as you've described them, are ready and tailored to your exact specifications. The locker room is hot and damp. It smells like every locker room you've ever been in. Moldering benches sit before rows of steel boxes. Men and women and others begin suiting up for the show. A ratkin man with deep black fur, gently highlighted with red to ensure he pops on scry, reaches into his locker and pulls from it a gorgeous rare orchid. His face grows somber as he sets it on the ground and stomps it with all of his might. A large butch man, with the most extreme seven o'clock shadow you've ever seen, rolls a large spiked wagon wheel from the back room and begins putting on old, worn, and dusty trail clothes. Once donned, he frantically searches the locker before calling out, Hey, has anyone seen my dust? An answer comes from a mountain of a man. His skin is terracotta. His hair dyed and styled to look like flame. He's powdering himself with a large coffee can full of dust. It matches my complexion. It's perfect. I needed a touch-up. God damn it, Jones. I gotta go all the way back to home for that. You gonna pay for my gate pass? Sorry. A woman with long platinum blonde hair, clad in a finely crafted birthday suit, sidles past you and spits. The liquid that comes out is black and silver and shimmering with cosmic radiance. As she bumps into you, she says, Sorry, hon. You want some neg? Uh, I'm sorry, some what? Neg? Mutt neg? Uh, sure. She reaches into her pocket and pulls out what looks like a piece of gum. It's almost herbal in first appearance. Seems like there's uh, plant matter stuck into it. The gum itself seems kind of a vague blue color, but mostly white. And she puts it in your hand. Uh, what do I do with it? You chew it, hon. Duh. And what does it do? Oh. oh, you're the new folks. Sorry. That's mutagenic negation. Uh, it's a chemical kind of designed to sap magical potential and dampen your oral output. It's for weigh-ins. Oh, um. 
she spits again and that same almost magical saliva pours out. I see. And is this a requirement? I mean, for me, it is. <laughs> Today we got weigh-ins and I don't want to end up in the level six rank. Uh, thank you. Yeah, no problem. Y'all doing okay? We feel fit and ready. I have to say I've learned to enjoy having all eyes on me. Well, I tell you right now, I'm glad I ain't a martial class. Those boys have the worst time for weigh-ins. All their cutting's just mm, nasty. Do I have to cut? No, no, you're good. I think you're here for a you're here for exhibition, right? Well, I'm here for for I'm I'm big. Yeah, <laughs> you're throwing down for the killbillies. Sure. All right. Fair enough. Now the um usually martial classes when they have to cut weight, it's all just purgatives sitting on the toilet blasting from both ends. Don't envy them. Oh, you done that before? Yeah, but you had to do it every couple of months for for this kind of thing. Oh, uh, have to say, I don't uh, relish the idea of occupying both barrels again. She taps you on the chest, uh, and then her hand kind of lingers there for a second. Paladins and clerics, they do their sin weeks. Those are fun. They have the best cut. Wizards and all them just take kind of a magical amnestics, all that kind of thing. As they place a hand on Hal's chest, Penn's hackles rise momentarily. Well, if you need anything, go ahead and let me know. I think y'all are going to be on, like, the first. When she walks away, I'm going to lean over toward Gaspar and say, Where I come from, they don't teach whatever language she was just saying. You catch any of that? I was picking up pieces here and there. From what I understand, there's a good amount of cheating going on. Oh, that's not fun. I ain't cheating. Blasphemy to call cheating. Sorry, the game seems to be how well you can cheat. It's not just allowed, it is encouraged. Uh, the man with the wagon wheels stands up, pulls the suspenders on, and kind of walks up to you and taps you on the chest. Maybe cheating something you do. Over in luck, here we don't cheat. Cutting weights what you gotta do. So should I be taking this, Hal? It's, um, it's more about uh, manipulating where you end up so that you've got the competitive edge over... Your other competitors. Uh, what is kind of entertaining about it, though, is that if everybody does it, you all end up in the same tier anyway. And you may as well not have, because then you'd still all just be in the same place. That ain't true. Range is wide enough. Either you cut and you go down or you eat up and you go up. Depends on who you want to fight. Frankly, I'm trying to go down here on Volcano Jones, put him in the fucking toilet where he belongs. Listen, I don't need to know what you want to do to Volcano Jones. <laughs> so which one of you is going up? I'm going up. Volcano Jones is up on me by level. Figure I can go up there, take him down, and try to crank it a little bit more. Go up top higher. Weren't the last lady talking about a volcano in the toilet, too? Different kind of volcano in the toilet. All right. Different kind of going down and cranking, too. Hey, so... <laughs> There's a reason I'm not on the toilet right now. I ain't purging. The other combatants here... How tough are they? Depends on who you ask. Also depends on who you're fighting. I'm a little late. Penny's hungry for battle. <laughs> I think we heard the name Killbillies. Oh, yeah, Killbillies. That's who you're fighting. That'll be fun. So they're strong. I mean, strong as you could hope. They're pretty standard. Just right on the cusp of what you'd call champion rank. And they're both named William? Four of them. Four of them and they ain't William. What is it? You ever heard of a hillbilly? It's a goat what lives on a hill, right? My gods. <laughs> I believe Usha is correct here. <laughs> They're hill folk. Folk what don't, you know, truck with all that, you know, technology and civilization nonsense. Like goats. Or Goliaths. <laughs> Y'all are stressing me out. Think we might be cousins. <laughs> well... Pen looks pointedly at the wad in her hand and drops it to the floor. I want to fight the strongest person they'll give me. That's fair. But if you ain't using that, I could probably sell it. Eat your greeches up and pulls it off the slightly damp ground, dusts it off on his dusty shirt, and then puts it into his pocket. <laughs> he dusts it on. He dusts it on. <laughs> I imagine it just tastes like a vegan bullion cube. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, if you're looking for the strongest, he points over at the rat person you saw earlier. The Verminion's probably one of the higher-ranking people here. He has to cut regular. How strong is he? I think by your standards, he'd be just on the cusp of Paragon. Wow. And what was up with that orchid? Oh, yeah, he's a uh, he's druid. So anytime he tries to, you know, hurt plants and nature, especially rare plants, kind of nature kind of runs away from him a bit. Oh, so I understand. One fellow a while back burned down an entire forest trying to cut. He got arrested. How interesting. Seems extreme. I mean, I think, uh, I think for minions going up against uh, Todd. Todd, that's a movable Todd over there. Oh, hi, guys. Immovable Todd is the most average built guy uh, wearing skin tight white spandex with the word Todd on the front. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Todd. Nice to meet you, Todd. Uh, He'll shake your hand and he just seems like the most generic. He's even like a little dumpy. But when he grips your hand, your body just fills with this static energy, like a train getting held back by tethers waiting to snap loose. Yeah, I'm Todd. Uh, real great to meet you. You're the exhibitionist, right? You're going up early? <laughs> oh, I got called an exhibitionist once. I was just trying to bathe myself. Well, that's a shame. Oh, man, Sybil's the exhibitionist. They're just in an exhibition. Right, sure. Well, good luck with everything, and uh, if you ever meet me in the ring, I'll uh, snap you in half. It's <laughs> precisely what I would expect. Do you have any tips? Now, oh. Sybil's got tips. Uh, now Sybil's got tits. Sybil's and tips. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, don't don't try to climb the ladder too fast. Just uh, fight who they give you to start with. Wait till you get more of a feel for the the rear arena. You know, um, don't let the crowd get to you. You got to use them to your advantage. If you let their booze bum you out, it makes you not a good competitor. I've been a heel for the better part of the last ten years. And let me tell you, nothing better. Your fans are so dedicated. You can do anything. They love you for it. You're a foot? No. Heel. Uh, it's like a bad guy that you like. Yes. Yes. Uh, I think Rain explained it to us once. There are faces and heels. Yeah, Fidian's is kind of a heel. Uh, well, I have a date with a meatball sub, so <laughs> taught out, and he does a big dab. <laughs> And then he makes his way out of the out of the locker room. He leaves his way out. <laughs> Bye, Todd. Wait, are we supposed to have cool poses? Oh, that was very cool. Well, you're telling me you don't have poses? That's ridiculous. He seemed to move pretty well. I'm not shit. I don't think I understand the name. Oh, Halifan, I think you have to press his button, and then he won't move anymore. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, just, yeah. Well, I'm excited to see what the costumes look like. I hope Iavos is having as much fun as we are. Iavos, you wait as patiently as you can. You sent the letter. You got a response. And now you wait. You had intended to meet them at the training hall. But they insisted on coming to your home. Is there anything you're going to do in the meantime? Tidy up a little bit, I suppose. Hide away anything that is particularly valuable or secretive. And uh, I guess uh, make sure my bed is very comfortable. Add some extra pillows and stuff. You hear a knock at the door. It's a heavy, powerful knock. I glide to it and open it quickly. There stands the Rakshasa. He looks you up and down, peers into the room, steps back, and in walks Thalric Sunderholm. He is a boy as you remember him. But now, his glowing crystal blue eyes speak of his true nature. Welcome to my home. Thank you. I don't get a lot of opportunities to leave my cell. Well, a little off-putting that you insisted on doing it here, but uh, if that's the best option. (laughs) Training room probably would have been better, but I want to be in a home. I miss homes. Me too. So, what do you need? My friends are all busy doing some exhibition with dice. Uh, Testing their might against others doesn't really seem like my wheelhouse, so I figured I'd put in some legwork in the off time. 
I pull a book out and I show him the cover and it says Astrum and Ethereum. He puts his hand on the book and pushes it out of the way. Aren't you going to offer me tea or something? Oh, <laughs> uh, sure. Yes, I have some tea sitting around. Uh, also, my roommate Halifon's quite fond of the carbonated sodas, if that's more your taste. No, tea will do. I'll go to making a quick tea using magic to have it be a swift process. This place is well-loved. Uh, there are multiple approaches to how it is treated. No, no. The energy, strong. The output's crazy. You have a strong connection. Yes, that's true. You can break that, you know. Why would I want to? I don't know. Maybe you want to hurt somebody else, damage their family. If you break it, it's uh, it releases energy. It's powerful. You can feed on it. Hmm. It doesn't take long for it to rot from the inside out like a wound. Couldn't I feed on it as is without corrupting it? Oh, sure, if you're a part of it. But if you're not, then you're just an outsider. I see. I'll place down a small cup of very dark tea. He sips it regardless of how hot it is. Hmm. Tea. They don't let me have tea. I look to the Rakshasa and then back to the child. He nods. This sensing energies, that's definitely something I need to get better at. Knowing what I can manipulate. You know, it's funny you talk about things like sensing. They, they talk about that a lot in books and uh, scry and fantasy nonsense. It's, uh, it's not sensing. You're, it's just looking. You're just looking at it. It's all here. I mean, you should know that from the book. He points to the astrum and ethereum. Yes, I'm on my second reading and I'm still trying to piece together some of the concepts therein. I'll break it down for you. He picks up the tea. Drains it, sets it down in front of you, taps the cup. Refill it. This is matter. All of this is matter. It's all stuff. He just starts picking things up and setting them down, making noise, throwing things across the room. Some of them break. Mm -mm. It's all just matter. Uh, You use mending, you know, mending. Yes. Same stuff. You're just, you're just putting it back together the way you want it to be. But the way you do that is what's important. You're, (laughs) you're, you have an idea in your head of what you think that cup's supposed to be. The idea of the cup is pulled from nothing and made into the cup again. You're just mending the thing. In your mind, you call it repair, fix, but you're not doing that. You're just making it again Mm. from the material that's there. Astrum and Ethereum are the same thing, but everybody calls it a plane, the astral plane. They used to call it that a lot, astral plane, all these other stupid small backwater worlds they get so wrapped up in the idea of planes that that's all they can think of but it's not a plane it's here it's all around you the astrum the ethereum it's layered on top of each other the material is the physical the ethereum is hard to explain like uh the the immaterial and then the astrum that's where concepts live that's where ideas live that's where they live that's where dreams happen Yes. And that's really all they are, really, just dreams. They're just really complicated dreams that, well, I guess simple dreams, not complicated. Very, very simple, like your little friend. I have several friends, but... You know the one I'm talking about. The fawn, or whatever it is. Seder? I can't remember. It's not really relevant. They're all the same. Just rearranged ideas. I suppose, yes. Uh, In this dream space, though, I believe I have been there before. I feel much stronger there. Not like this, looking down at my body, aged and withered. I feel who I used to be. I feel like... You feel like the idea of you. Yes, I suppose so. Yeah. So, if Ethereum is like the energy that runs through everything... And Astrum is the idea. The physical world is almost like a combination of the two made to kind of assemble into something that you recognize that reconciles well. You think like, okay, well, there's there's the physical physics and physics mean that 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 magic wouldn't exist, but magic works anyway. It's because they're different things. When you're pulling on magic, you're pulling from the Astrum or you're pulling from the Ethereum to affect the Materium. And that's all this is. You're just, it's all just magic. Well, then how do I learn to control my movements and my powers within the dream space. That's a funny one, right? Because it's will. 
but it's like the one thing they don't have. Not really. They pretend to have will. They act like it, but they don't. They just kind of go around and do what they're supposed to do, like a cog in a machine. Who is they? Plurals. Ah. Sorry. I forget sometimes what I've said and what I haven't. Yeah, they're just like, they're just stupid. Simple, stupid things. It's like they can't even use it. They dream, but they don't dream. When they dream, they just dream the other versions of themselves. They just live that life again. They, it's like they turn off suddenly, and now they're somewhere else. But we can do it. We can go into it. We can manipulate it and control it. We can make, if we wanted, and if we had the power, we could make them. That's really all they are, ideas. And I guess chicken and the egg, which came first, the idea or the god. Did we have to think of the gods to make them real? Did they come first or did we? If we can think a god into existence, can we think one out of existence? <laughs> now you're talking. Oh, wow. <laughs> Boy, howdy, you're uh, tapping into some, some good stuff there. No, I mean, yeah, I think so. I think if they're forgotten, they die. That's what makes sense to me. You forget about them. If an idea stops existing in the common consciousness, wouldn't it just disappear? Wouldn't it just fade into nothing? Can't do it, though. Oh, man, I'd love to do it. Just reach into the common consciousness and pluck it out like a fruit from a tree. Devour it. Ugh. But I wouldn't give. Hmm. Perhaps more demonstration on these concepts. Not the high-reaching ones, mind you, but the more simple ones. Would be more fruitful than a simple description. I want you to show me how to do these things. Obviously, we're not going to pluck a god from existence, but learning to control the dream space. You got to start with understanding what you are, because that's the thing. You, you are strong there because you're strong here. And he taps his head. That makes sense. If they, the other things, the people, if they were to try to go in there, they just dream. You know, they, you read about dreams and they fall asleep and then it's like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm on a wagon and then I walk through the back of the wagon and I end up in my closet and my mom's there and she laughs at my penis. Like that's, it's basic idiocy. It's, it's them dreaming ideas that they can't understand and there's no lucidity to it. You have lucidity. You, from what I understand from your, what is it, dossier, you lived there. Yes. You heard about my old home. We briefly discussed it. Mm-hmm. Do you know... If it's real? Real is bullshit. It's a concept. It's something people conjure up to make themselves comfortable with the idea of what surrounds them. Real is material. Is it material? I can't tell you that. Maybe there's a material manifestation of your place here somewhere in the world. And maybe it's down on error, which I think, I think that's what you're looking for. There have been some clues to indicate that, yes. But that's looking for the weakest version of it. The, the most meaningless garbage. Material is the baseline. Everything above it is what you want. You want that top-tier stuff. You want that astrum, and you want to get there, too. I can tell you haven't slept in a while, have you? No, not by any healthy standard. Yeah, your body sleeps, but your brain just kind of sits there. I feel like if I could find sleep, I could find strength. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's where we replenish. It's where we tap in, and we just pull a little, little bit, like a little sip, every time. Some of us learn to take bigger gulps, though. And some of us, the uh, fuel we have access to has run dry, and we need to go deeper. Exactly. <sighs> well, if you want to get in there, I can put you there, but it's not the same. It's like uh, it's like taking a it's like taking a drug or a, a an herb or something like that to fall asleep. It's sleep, but it's aided sleep, and it's not going to really do it. It's not going to give you what you need, but I can at least give you an idea of what to do when you're there. This is not foreign to me. What do you want, though? Because it sounds like you want to go home, but you're home now. This is home. I can feel that. God, that's just resonant. It feels a little broken. There's some fraying around the edges, but it's there. It's home. I do wish to go home, but I've been put on a path to do many things before that can be achieved. Some of those things are helping my friends. Well, I think I can help you with that. Please. First, you got to promise me one thing, though. What's that? Don't close any doors. In the place we are visiting? Yeah. The thing about doors, you can just close them. When somebody taps into that part of you, you can just close a door and that's fine. 
nobody can really force you into anything. They have to trick you, convince you, urge you into opening it. Don't close any for me. The Rakshasa sits up a little bit. (laughs) Don't worry, he's keeping a close eye. Uh, I can't go through anything he doesn't want me to. I was going to say I'm willing to leave the doors open if you're willing to not tread past the thresholds you know you should not. Oh, no. See, see, that's the thing is if I jump, if if I jump and I take you, one thing, you're old and useless. Your body is garbage. And the real juice, the real meat of you is in your brain. It's in your soul. It's a, it's a part of you. It's that Ethereum Astrum stuff that I, mm, that's so good. And I can't take that from you. I can eat it, but it won't give me the same as having you as a friend. And I like having you as a friend. I'm, I guess there's a strange comfort in you viewing me as a friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry. I, uh, <laughs> I'm very excited. <laughs> I can tell. So, uh, yeah. You know, if you have a, do you sleep in a bed? Uh, I attempt to. Well, that's where we're going to go then. See, this place is strong. That's part of why I wanted to come here. It's, I didn't realize what you wanted to do. But now that I know what you're trying to do, I'm glad we chose here. This is home. And home's got power. Yes. I need to channel into that strength that I have in the Astrum and pull it closer to the material to help those here. Bingo. Show me. <laughs> what am I saying? He couldn't be doing anything interesting without us. <laughs> I bet he's reading a book. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking idiot. <laughs> or sleeping, cooking some stew. You all find your individual lockers. You grab the clothes, quote unquote, that have been made for you and begin to don them. One of the stewards comes out and shouts something about 10 minutes. After dress, you are powdered, slathered, teased, and glamoured before being ushered to the curtained wings of the arena entrance. The odor of beer and sweat hang heavy in the air as a susurrus rolls through the crowd. Beneath the cheers and jeers, electric anticipation cinches your skin into goose flesh. An explosion, a whiff of sulfur, and a blinding flash. The crowd erupts, and through the din, a familiar voice. Ladies, gentlemen, and everyone outside, upside down, and in between, this is Dynamic Combat Entertainment. Welcome to the Dice Box. Oh, man, Russ, you were a real negative Norbert about this gig. But this rules ten asses. All we have to do is sit here munching on commissary delights, watching these bad boys bend and never break. And scream into the mic like everyone loves us. <laughs> yeah. Dirk, every fiber of my being <laughs> is repulsed by this pageantry. Mm. The bloodlust of the audience remains unquenched by each downed mm. ale. And the tension, smell, and localized mm-hmm. frenzy of this crowd is giving me war flashbacks. War times? Oh, come on, Dijon Rustard. You're an author. I'm sure the typewriters in the foxholes weren't that dangerous. <sighs> Never mind that. These warriors seem to be all over the place in both skill and raw power. The hodgepodge of real threatening combatants and actors with biceps is confounding. Like, take a look at this guy. He's got no stance, no tenacity. Why is he going up against this terrifying muscular ghost? That's the immovable Todd. He's the creamiest of the crop. He's never lost a match. Between you and me, I'm his biggest fan. I have all his action figures on layaway at least. And I'm working on getting him on my will as my sole beneficiary when I die. And that's soul with a U, baby. If I had puppies, you bet your beard he'd be the dog father. Well, he looks like a fool. He has a clear opening. Get inside his defenses and lock him down. Stop looking at the audience and goofing off. He's right behind you. Rusty? Not now, Dirk. Headlock! Headlock! Oh, great. Now he's got you cornered. Get him! Rusty! What? What is it? You're getting into it. What? You're foaming at the mouth, shouting, pounding cheap beers like they're box nails. I am? Oh. Well, it's hot in here. Hard to not be thirsty. As for the fighting, I'm just trying to shout some instructions. Make them take this seriously. Sounds like you're taking it seriously. Oh, shut up. Warren likes the dice box. Warren likes the dice box. You're really pushing it, Bradley. Fine, fine. I'll hush him up. 
Another hot dog? <sighs> Fine. Frank me. Square your shoulders. Don't let him get your legs. We're about to witness a planar phenomenon, a keyhole between worlds that only marketing can penetrate. Join me as we glimpse into the adverse. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, my name's Mac Blockett, and I want to invite you to my store, Mac Blockett's Extra Legal Imports. We got all the tools of the trade for whatever career choices you've made. Need to pick a lock? We got the finest lock picking tools around for locksmiths. Need to cut through some glass? We got only the sharpest of glass cutters. For artisans who cut glass, need to climb a wall? We got all the ropes, grappling hooks, and climbing gear you need. For like painting or roofing or whatever, we got replica wax seals from all the local noble houses. You know, for collectors of wax seals. That's a thing people do. Got pests? Come on down for the deadliest poisons money can buy. For like rats and bugs. Sorry to say, we don't sell any concealable blades or psychedelic alchemy. And if we did, they definitely wouldn't be 20% off until the end of the season. Oh well. So get on down to Mac Blockett's Extra Legal Imports, assuming you know where to find us. If you know, you know. Mac Blockett's Extra Legal Imports. You didn't get it from me. Hey, all you cuties. I'm pulling a fresh hot tray of mid-rolls out of the oven. You can have one once they're cool. Rose City Comic Con is just a few weeks away. Now's your chance to get tickets if you want to see an LUQ one-of-a-kind live show on Saturday the 10th at 10 a.m. We'll be having an informal meet-and-greet that evening at Retro Game Bar around 5 p.m. for fans and friends of the show, so don't miss out on either of these great events. You've heard a lot about our Patreon and the great rewards available there, but it's an ever-changing frontier as patrons come and go. As a result, some of the legendary team members need to be moved around to balance out the numbers of names on each list. So if the following sounds a little different, that's that's just us keeping up with changes. If you're one of our legend patrons and have a team preference, just reach out to us on Discord and let us know. Until then, our current legendary teams are the Titans Rise, the Forgotten Legacy, the Ceaseless Horde, and this week's featured team, the Twilight Concord, with Daryl, Maisie, and Mike Gordon. To get a personal message read on the show or possible advertising opportunities, reach out to admin at slapdashstudios.com. Follow us on Twitch at Slapdash Streams for live premieres of the LUQ with Dana Monday night, Wednesdays or Thursdays, me and Zach do Pokemon Soul Link Nuzlocks, and in the near future, we've got more penny plays. No manuals, no tutorials, no gods. Oh, and we just launched some new Dynamic Combat Entertainment-themed merch on the merch page, which you can find at theluq.com, including tank tops, zip hoodies, and all-over print jersey shorts. Again, we don't really make notable profit from doing merch, but we love to have apparel and fun gear for our fans to sport and show their support. And in the end, every little bit helps. But that's enough out of me. Let's get you back to the battle axis. Hello there, it's me, your friend pal and favorite salesboy, Divinathan from Scryco. Are you, like so many others, faced with daily sadnesses and hardships? Do the bad times and big whoopsies give you the boo-hoos and oh-nos? Well, today for you, the fine folks at Scryco are offering not a product object, but a service served. 
When the dreadful done wrongs drown your daily doings, all you need to do is call our special hotline. Our trained divination specialists have just the right brain gifts to peer into your life and identify the not-so-bads and maybe goods. It's 1-900-OPTIMISTIC. Our smiling soothsayers will brighten your sad clouds with the silverest of linings. One nine hundred optimistic. What's your problem? My new boss is a real jagoff and won't stop watching me like a hawk and riding my ass all day long. Hmm. I see here that your coworkers are very fond of working with you. Er, really? Yes. It seems when you're around, the boss leaves them alone and devotes all their attention to you. Oh. One nine hundred optimistic. What's your problem? I just spent the last of my money on a collectible porcelain statuette, and I had it appraised and learned it's a replica. I want my money back, but the salesman vanished. I see. Well, as I peer through the veil, I can tell that the salesman made a run for it and was ambushed by violent bandits on the road. They've been eviscerated, and they're now decorating low-hanging branches of trees with their viscera. Your money is now going towards the education for young bandit children in need. Ha! Huh. That's kind of a mixed bag. I just wanted a refund. One nine hundred optimistic. My dog ran away. I can't find him anywhere. I miss my little macaroni. Yes, I see. Do not worry. He didn't run away. He loves you very much. He just ate some meat with glass in it and went to die in a nearby ditch. Oh. Oh no. Golly gee wowzers, what a service! Find the upside to any down frown and hear the world through a rose-tinted receiver. With 1-900 Optimistic. From Scryco, we see what you have done. Hailing from the Isle of Phasbos, the duo with the quips and the hips, the Divine Comedy! First up, the daughter of slaughter, Flaricles. Her father on Swolympus has tasked her with completing 12 labors to ascend to godhood. And her fourth labor is to become the Dice Level 8 Champion. The figure that walks out into the arena looks very much like Pentecost. If Pentecost was glamoured to appear more like a human... She's wearing laced-up red leather boots, along with a matching loincloth and bralette. But the most striking thing about her costume is the lion skin, draped over her head and shoulders, its eyes and teeth fiercely glowering at any who would oppose her. In her hands, she carries a bronze buckler and a wooden club. Here to remind you that in the infinity of the cosmos, none of us matter, and that's hilarious, the kicker of kings, the juggler of japes, the imitation of our dire situation, the infinite jester. Gaspar is going to sprint from side stage and bump into Flaricles. He is dressed in a outfit of bright, motley patches of the fallow crown colors, of course. Patina teal, viridian green, bronze, and black. He has a collar in the design of a cap and bell that one would find on a jester. Five tines dangle around his neck. On the ends of them are what appear to be a large caltrop. Inside of a cage at the center of it is a coin that jingles like a bell. When Gaspar is able to get back onto at least one leg and right himself up, three heads from side stage will lob towards him. He catches them and starts juggling them. The first is stuck in a face of surprise. It is currently biting a stiletto dagger. The second head, stuck in a face of ecstasy, has a waved Chris dagger. And the third is the Voltrap head, which currently has a white rose. To take down a dangerous duo like these two, I think they're going to have to go for the juggler. <laughs> He's getting into it! Everybody! Rusty's getting into it! Yes, I have plenty of loaves for this circus for the mewling throng. 
Shore leave is over, and the high tide brings in the damp champs. From deck to deck and wreck to wreck, there's no tail he can't spot, no boat he can't rock. The Whaler! Wuxia is riding in on a wave that's cresting. He's on the back of it, like placed on its shoulders in a small, shitty rowboat. His whaler's jacket, you know, the long sort of leather oily jacket, looks like a disco ball has barfed all over it <laughs> and is reflecting light in all directions. On his back in little like crystal rhinestones, it says heave and roll. <laughs> He's holding his own belt up above his head only because he's seen people do this before and he has no idea what it means. <laughs> it's just a belt. It's just his belt. He's wearing one of those uh, uh, like longshoreman hats that's folded up in the front and goes down the back of his neck. He reaches into his coat, pulls out a starfish that he slaps onto the middle of his face. The legs under his eyes along the sides of his mouth and right up the middle of his forehead. I know a blowhole when I see one. <laughs> Rolling in from the deep, the competition is all washed up. Be careful he doesn't pull you out to sea. It's Riptide! Hal walks out down a gangway in flip-flops with what is perhaps the worst thought-out costume that he could possibly have, which is a shoulder capelet that is a fishing net, <laughs> making him incredibly easy to grab. And as he enters the ring, he casually kicks off his flip-flops, looks at the audience, flicks his salty, wet hair in a spray, and nods at somebody. (laughs) Beautiful. As you all approach the ramp heading down to the dice box, you finally, for the first time, get a full view of the arena. The crowd is innumerable. The arena is in a vast, almost orb-like shape. As it reaches up, you see that some means of anti-gravity is literally holding the people at a 90-degree angle facing the ring itself. On the main floor sits an octagonal shape, which makes up the dice box. Yes! (laughs) Yes! This looks like it would have been fun to make. Yes! (laughs) Oh, my God. God, the branding. I was going to say, those are sponsors. It really is. (laughs) The entire perimeter of the dice box is covered with sponsors. Chanel Divinity, Statmore, Best Western, Everything you've heard and things you never even imagined array themselves advertising to the thousands, nay millions of fans. Outside of the ring is soft padded material with a diamond patterning designed to cushion some of the blow, though you imagine there is not much being done to keep you safe. Just below the stands is a wall with yet more advertising, and above it is what looks like a kind of Magitech glass force field to protect the audience. The ropes themselves are also Magitech that are designed to give extra bounce and elasticity. As soon as you enter the ring proper, you all feel an uneasy hum of magic settle into your bones. Gaspar and Hal, you both recognize this for what it is. Anti-life. For all intents and purposes, none of you are living nor dead in this space. From the slopes to the ropes, from white trash to mite trash, the only thing stronger than them is their moonshine. Give it up for the Killbillies! A heavy metal riff eviscerates the din of the crowd. A silhouette appears against the scry screen at the top of the ramp. She emerges into the light. Brenda the Battle Axe Berkowitz, a denim miniskirt and a barred core t-shirt with the sleeves cut off are the only articles of clothing on this woman. From the frayed sleeves can be seen bulging arms which end in nails too long and too red for comfort. Her face is that of a two-horse county beauty queen after long years of abuse, both drug and domestic. Shellacked with pancake batter foundation and scarlet accents as applied by a shotgun. Her hair is a jagged cloud of red streaked with gray. She stands at the top of the stage, reaches a hand into her self-cut v-neck barred shirt, adjusts her breasts, (laughs) blows a snot rocket... And then brings her arms down in a cross above her crotch. As she does this, her battle glamour erupts, and in a flash, she is clad in dingy armor made from trash cans, aluminum siding, cyclone fence, and barbed wire. No! Wusha has never been more in love in his entire life. (laughs) We were not prepared for this. I feel like I under-delivered. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Mommy? Didn't even have intro music. I forgot to mention Hal's wearing shorts. (laughs) For all the audience knows, you're just wearing a a fish. Yeah, exactly. 
Mouth harps twang over the sounds of the wild forest. A banjo accompaniment welcomes a hunched figure to the arena. Skip is a dog. A mangy <laughs> dog. The kind of dog who gets his water from junkyard puddles and sups on a steady diet of rats and fast food garbage. His every bowel movement is a game of hidden prizes. Bottle caps, dental floss, which trails filth behind him when he inevitably fails to complete. Mm. And sometimes, if you're lucky, enough coin for a herd burger at the Mutton King. <laughs> Don't say fails to complete, you <laughs> fucking asshole. <laughs> the dog pads down the ramp a ways before stopping to gaze up at the light. After a moment, he seems to draw his head back, huff, puff, and blow out a sneeze. A blast of blood and bile spatter across the ramp as the flesh of the beast bulges and contorts. Bones crack, muscles stretch and swell, teeth grow to massive proportion as the flea bag wild shapes into vast, monstrous hound. <laughs> is, is snot the source of their power? They've both like... <laughs> and that's the dad. <laughs> Changed by the light of the full mucus. Yeah. A folksy rock ballad brings the energy down as a massive nude warforge steps in halting robotic motions onto the ramp. From an unseen aperture, two small spherical drones fly to either side of him. A laser scanner emits from either drone and begins to move from head to toe. As it passes his head, an unconvincing wig with a side-parted dad <laughs> hair manifests. <laughs> Spectacles come into being rested on a false nose. A bushy mustache sprouts from his metal lip. A blue and pink striped polo shirt stitches itself together, already tucked into his belted cargo shorts before the scanner settles on socks and besandaled feet. As a final touch, he pulls a pair of driving gloves onto his massive robotic hands and straps on a digital watch with a calculator. <laughs> he adjusts his glasses, and from his robotic arm, a disc of a shield manifests. On it, the words, Number Two Dad. <laughs> this is Step Dan, the legal guardian. <laughs> legal guardian. <laughs> All sounds in the ring stop. A music box opens with a creak. The plinking, plunking melody rings out in half-time and minor key, joined by a choir of children. Wet slapping and squelching noises somehow overshadow both music and the susurrus of the crowd, Ew. as a strange shape manifests from the darkness behind the stage. At first, you see only a sheet. It may have once been white, but it is now stained, throughout with dozens, perhaps hundreds of yellow spots. Beneath the hood of the sheet is a man, a very grown adult man in a little boy's onesie. He has taken great care to shave close and powder his cheeks, but a man he is and no question. Below him is not the diamond patterned steel of the ramp. Instead, a writhing mass of tentacles bears him toward the ring. <laughs> Welcome, Hester, the yellow sheet. <laughs> Not it. Bring it on, piss boy. <laughs> we need to just retake all of our descriptions now after that uh, tour de force. <laughs> As Brenda Battleaxe climbs into the ring, she grabs the mic from Dirk Bradley, who at this moment is wearing gym shorts and a suit with the sleeves cut off in the style of a former announcer. She pushes Dirk off the ring completely, who then tumbles backward and is helped up by Warren. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> you motherfucking city slickers come into my dice box and you start throwing around your insults. Another hand extends up into the ring with another microphone. There just seems to be one per team, as though they only want one of you speaking at a time. Flericles will grab the mic. <laughs> That's right. I had to descend all the way down Swolympus to lower myself to thine level. Throwing around them these and thines? You ain't got nothing I ain't seen before and eat that skirt you're wearing. Hey, Infinite Jester, how about the punchline for these jokes? Well, it is my job to put them here up against the hilarity of our situation. But I'm afraid if the Infinite Jester takes that job, then he will break. Brenda the Battleaxe is so ugly that when she stares into the abyss, it closes its eyes. <laughs> Step Dan, the legal guardian, will sheepishly get the microphone from his wife 
waiting for permission to do so. Dan gently extends his hand with a slight tremble that he's affected over years of learning how she likes her men. And then she hands it to him forcibly. I hope you hooligans did your homework because the spank trains are coming. (laughs) (laughs) That spank train don't mean nothing. I got fight at both ends. Uh, It looks like Step Dan does some calculations in his brain and then says, The whaler is so stupid that the mind flayers put him on the value menu. (laughs) (laughs) God damn. Snag it back. You'll change your tune once I scrape your barnacles. He turns to Brenda and shrugs. (laughs) (laughs) He ain't got no barnacles. That's why I don't have any robot girls. It's good science right there. <laughs> Wish I will take it and say big talk from someone who's about to get stove. I ain't cooking no goddamn stone. That's what I got him for. It's true. She's not a good cook. <laughs> no, what you just say to me? I love you. <laughs> and though the children are not mine, I feel that they are in my heart. <laughs> I like Papa. No yellow. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry, darling. You don't have to be crying, then. Oh, I love your papa, too. Make the bad ones go away. Uh, Hal snatches the mic and goes, Yo, Whaler, I think that kid's up past his curfew. Let's put him to the seabed. (laughs) (laughs) Pup's right bloody gailed. I'm afraid that if we fight them, with all this snot on the floor... It will be a viscous mockery. (laughs) We're a flimmy clan. Don't go insulting us for our natural biological processes. The family that throws bows together wins shows together. (laughs) That remains to be seen, stepdad. I think you all are out of your depth. (laughs) Got throwing those puns. Flericles begins tapping her club on the floor of the arena. This very exclusive club is at capacity, but we will consider thee a charity case. These dudes look like they know their way around some welfare. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Heated commentary between the family Berkowitz and the double tag team. You should be nicer, Riptide. They are what we could have been, you know, if we didn't brush our teeth. Go to school, have good families, <laughs> the list goes on. <laughs> but that could have been us. That's true, Jester. A lot of children think their parents are gods. In my case, I guess it's true. You think that makes you better than me? Well, we are alike in some ways. You are paid actors, but we are paid actors. <laughs> I hope that someone brought a shovel because you're all about to get grounded. <laughs> step Dan, celebrating in the, the minor cheer from his dad joke, uh, decides to step forward and pump out a big metal hand towards Wusha and says, Before we spill blood, put her there, tiger. <laughs> I ain't no tiger, I'm a fisherman. I'm going to put my hand right in his. <laughs> and the sound of hydraulic gears begin filling the arena as your finger bones begin to quake. Oh, give me a fucking strength check on both of you bad boys. Wait. Let's go athletics on that one. Locke, can you make some hydraulic sounds? I feel like it's going <laughs> to... Mm. 14? 25, baby. As soon as the fucking metallic joints close down on your hand, you fucking flex your own like stony skin and you can feel the joints start to separate a little bit as the gears grind and smoke begins to emanate from his shoulder and elbow. Looks like, oh, you got a stronger current. (laughs) The yellow sheet pushes forward and tentacles separate the two of you with a shocking amount of force. Don't fight. You're being mean to my daddy. I'm going to turn to Infinite Jester and say, I've seen a fluke, but that completely redefines it. As Step Dan backs away from you, your, his hand is still in your hand, and he looks <laughs> down at it and reaches into his torso and takes out a spare and screws it back on. A good father is always prepared. <laughs> it's okay. The grown-ups, they fight sometime. Here, little boy, 
let me entertain you, distract you. And I'm going to start juggling. I got, you know, all my dagger heads and, and my regular head. As I toss it up into the air with a bit of a flourish, I'll reach into uh, one of my pockets in my oversized sleeves and toss a bar of soap up against the yellow sheet. <laughs> and then catch the heads again. A show and a gift. You hit me with the bag candy for the water times. I hate it. Twas hygiene that killed the beast. <laughs> Bad candy from the water time. <laughs> the whaler is going to put his arm around Riptide's shoulder and say, That kid ain't know nothing about the water times. <laughs> A pack of cigarettes flies out of the dog's mouth. Still in the cellophane. <laughs> you understand anything that walking scouse ingredient said? Not a word, dude. But I'm pretty sure that mangy mutt is all bark and no bite. <laughs> <laughs> I wrestled Cerberus to get into the underworld. You wrestled the trash bin to get into the underpants. <laughs> <laughs> the flea bag walks up to the whaler, sniffs him all over, realizing that he smells like absolute fucking garbage, takes a piss on his kick axe. Oh, my good leg! <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to punt the dog into the ring. <laughs> uh, go ahead and give me an athletics check there. Wink. Ten. Oh, you try to kick the dog, but it being that it's actually bigger than you, you mostly just collide with its ribs. It lets out kind of a half-hearted yelp before backing off and growling. Oh. Like a Marlin spike with your name on it. You just kicked my dog. That's the last straw. You can insult me as much as you want, but that puppy deserves all the love in the world. Step Dan holds out a very large axe and says, here you go, love. <laughs> Thank you, darling. Let's put the smack down on these fucking city slickers. As soon as it looks like there's some actual intensity and some violence coming in, the referee steps into the ring. It is none other than Sarge Hardbody with his sleeves and most of the belly torn off, making it something of a midriff shirt. You can see the stretch marks from his HGH gut along the sides. <laughs> All right, everybody, that's enough of that. You're gonna have to get, get in your corners. Get in your corners. Everybody, get in your corners. Okay, I know that. I know that. Uh, I know there's eight corners. Oh, so you're in that one. You're in that one. You're in that one. You're in that. Yeah. Okay, you get it. You get it. Go, go, go. All right, I want a good clean fight. Uh, no hitting below the. I guess you can actually hit below the belt. That's fine. Uh, no hitting the. No. Okay, that's actually okay too. Actually, I don't think there's a lot of rules on this one. Uh, don't leave the ring. Uh, no, you're allowed to leave the ring. Don't get into the audience. That's like the only big one. Don't hurt the audience. But that's it. Uh, three, two, one, go, I guess. The gauntlet is up and has been powerfully thrown as hard words and name-calling spur these combatants into an all-out frenzy. You can't find talk this stinky outside a bathroom. But let me tell you, Warhead, I can't help but feel like these fresh new faces are a little bit familiar. You're kidding, right? I can't seem to place it. Antlers, pickaxe like no head. It's right on the tip of my brain tongue. Dirk, it is obviously hero-ranked L-U-Q team, the fallow crowd doing some self-promotion and exhibiting some new personas to expand their fan base. Oh, those guys! Hey, where's Uncle Nobrows? This doesn't seem like the playground for an elderly wizard to climb into. Ah, chicken lips. I wanted to see that old monochrome dome try and suplex a werewolf and break a hip. I'm sure the crowd would eat that up, but we'll be getting the action we crave no matter what. The fight's about to start, and the Killbillies are on their A-game. Ah, they brought their wizard. That just seems unfair. Excuse me? The big baby in the bed sheets. The yellow stinker. That's a whiz wizard if I've ever seen one. I'll have to explain something to you on the next break. But pay that no mind. Get ready for blood, bones, and bows to be thrown, as this four-on-four powder keg is lit and ready to blow. Time to put down your bean dogs and onion loops because this match is sure to churn your stomach like butter and grease up your inner beasts like fair pigs. Stay tuned for more dynamic combat entertainment.
Boy, Sarge Hardbody. <laughs> what He's a back. what a kickoff. Three, two, one, go. I guess. <laughs> I want to see what Sarge does if someone breaks the rules. <laughs> can we get? Can we get a dice like like T shirt that just in, in you know? Because we don't have. Let's get ready to rumble, but we can have. Three, two, one, go, I guess. Right underneath the <laughs> dice logo. A classic. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking love it. Uh, let's go around the table and hear favorite moments, shall we? Oh, no. I mean, there were so many good ones. <laughs> I don't want to pull the rug out from anybody else, but the reveal of the infinite jester's voice. <laughs> I fucking love mm. that. I, mm. I love that you somehow married those two voices. It was beautiful. No. So good. I don't know what I was doing. You were doing some fucking awesome. magic, my dude. All right. All right. I'll take it. Well, this one's a mystery. My favorite moment was when I read the name that, of something that's coming up later that <laughs> Zach handed me, <laughs> which you will learn about in the mm, next episode. Oh, I hate it a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm uncomfortable. Just a bit. I mean, if you I think, think that's, that's the family be. piss boy is bad, just wait till you see what's coming down the pipe. Okay. <laughs> God, I love the piss boy. <laughs> And every time he talks, just remember he's like thirty-five. <laughs> yeah, 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 full-grown man. <laughs> tentacles? I heard tentacles. Yeah, yeah. I really, I wanted. I originally, I actually thought to myself, okay, I'm basically just going to put a Haster King in yellow in this, and I was like, no, it's not enough. It's not. Haster it's not long and piss yellow. <laughs> it's not enough. <laughs> and I was like, oh, he's like, okay, I'm going to make it be literally just a piss-stained sheet, and I'm like, not even, even that's not enough. He's got to be a little boy. Ah. <laughs> uh. Tingle ass looking motherfucker. <laughs> oh boy. It's hard to pick a highlight here. It's hard to pick a highlight. Hmm. Surprise entrance by Sarge is good. Oh, Angelo is come back deep in come thought. Back deep, I, deep in thought. There were a lot of traumatic experiences there, so <laughs> my memory does not want to like go past certain checkpoints. Our boy is processing. I don't know what, what what other highlights are there. God, this that sucks. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm having so sad. that's I'm, hard to pick. Look, I'm having my 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 episodely quandary of of trying to remember where did this episode start versus where the last one ended. We got in the locker room and we cut to Ayavo. Speaking of which, my favorite part. There's no way the audience could have seen it, but Zachary, when you were voicing the um, the boy character. Mm-hmm. And delivering those lines, you were so deep in your character that you were, like, the entire time your eyes were looking around like you were looking at, like, magic shit that no one else could see. And it was it was great. I really enjoyed just watching that scene unfold in person. He changed posture, too. He, he dropped his head so that I he made, was physically smaller. I made that smaller. mental note, too, but I forgot by the end of the episode that I was like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta lean into it. It's good stuff. You were in the dungeon zone. Thank you. I'm blushing very hard, and it makes my <laughs> face hurt. <laughs> I'm going to throw a highlight at Immovable Todd. Immovable Todd. Todd. So good. He was great. Wait, you're telling me you don't love Volcano Jones? (laughs) (laughs) The name name I actually wrote down. Like, that was not something I pulled out of my ass. I intentionally said Volcano Todd or Volcano Jones. (laughs) But no, Immovable Todd is a gift. He is everything I want. A fucking wrestler. (sighs) Don't push him. No. I think... uh, the, The... now that I now that I remember that there was there were some good scenes back there, but I think my highlight was Wusha's twenty five strength check on <laughs> yeah. on Step Dan, just just <laughs> crushing his fists, overpowering the mechanical man. is yeah. very impressive. <laughs> thank you, thank you. He is I number two. Count on me to roll bad <laughs> today, at least. Where's your highlight? Obviously, my highlight goes to uh, Law for the fantastic voicing of Mechanical Dan. So the good. instantaneous dad jokes that you were able to summon as if from the fucking ether. <laughs> uh, and generally, you, you're, you're role-playing with Yavos. I just, you've done a great job today. Thank you. And, uh, and just in general, I'm going to say that the MVP for this entire fucking chapter is Law for helping me with some elements of this, uh, this, this particular chapter. He was in the, the background... Kind of saving the day for me with some fucking killer goofs, and I desperately appreciate it. Wee, and I made a dice logo. Mm-hmm. The dice logo looks so fucking good. It's so fantastic. Uh, this map. Mm. <laughs> I just realized that in the last episode, I did not thank Sam Hediger, the editor, or Bree, the map oh, maker. Oh, no. And Bree made this fucking map, which is so goddamn perfect. Mm-hmm. I, I just want to cry. Can we thank them like twice in a row to make up for the last? Can I thank Hediger, the editor, and Bree Golden <laughs> for their amazing work in this map? Yeah, super good. Plus, I love the idea of love like perfume being advertised in a wrestling. Room. <laughs> Absolutely, just all over the place. I have a lot of favorite maps in this season. 
This is definitely in the top. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me too. But thank you again, everybody, for listening. This chapter is is halfway done. So get ready for more fucking wrestling action. Wrestling, I guess, combat. Wrestling. Combat entertainment. I was going to say more, more dynamic. Dynamic combat entertainment. If you have any questions, go ahead and check out our Discord and ask us. We're right there. Just fucking ask us the questions. I love you. You doofus. Yeah. But I'm not going to belabor this anymore. Till next time, we wish you luck. Oh.